Wait for it. Oh, finally. It only took 12 seconds this time. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction, even more so now that Hillbilly's on board. But hey, he shares meat with us, so we like him. That's a three-year-old elderberry from Rin Melon that she gave me at Imaginarium this year. Does it smell like someone's mom? No, no, no. I thought it was your father smelled of elderberries. Oh, see, my son's telling me I, I've forgotten too much. I should watch it again. So I guess I guess he was right. <laughs> I know what you're doing you after this. I apparently, although he he, he memorizes lines. Just how his autism presents, and so he was like, "No, we have to watch it again, so you get all the lines right." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, so that actually is our evening plan. We're going to be watching that over dinner. Uh, all right. So uh, for those of you who don't know who you are, Hillbilly's been on a few times, but uh, Ben and Rachel have not. So we're going to start in alphabetical order, even though normally I should say ladies first because you know we are in the South, or at least I am. But uh, I, I also am a slave to the alphabet. So we're going to do this for you. Benjamin Tyler Smith, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers? Hi, all. I'm Benjamin Tyler. Sorry, I think I muted myself for a second. <laughs> Benjamin Tyler Smith, uh, feel free to call me Ben. I am a writer of mostly fantasy, but also science fiction, leaning more towards post-apocalyptic science fiction. I've uh, got two novels published in the... Uh, Fallen World Universe, put out by Chris Kennedy Publishing, that Christopher Woods founded. It's his, it's his baby, and he lets a lot of us dabble in it, including Hillbilly. You've got at least, you got at least one book in that, right? Yeah, I got one in that one. And then, then I think you have another. Then we're going to do something together at some point. But um, I have many short stories written in my dark fantasy Necrolopolis universe. I'm finished the prequel novella that'll be uploaded pretty soon for subscribers to the new to the uh, mailing list and i am working on getting the edits done for a novel that will hopefully be finished shortly after i move to the deep south in the coming weeks and months uh hillbilly's been twisting my arm on that one <laughs> and uh that's about all there is for me on the on the writing side of things you said post-apocalyptic and you missed an opportunity to talk about current events Insert joke. It didn't even have to take a political stance. I mean, you've got to do better. I thought he'll read you better than that. He normally he does. I am very sleep deprived these days, and I am not firing on all cylinders. Okay, that's a pass. We'll we'll give you that one. Uh, Hillbilly, you'll have to give him a stern talking to once he's in the deep south. Oh wait a minute, what qualifies to you as the deep south? Because I heard somebody say North Carolina for that once, and I'm like, no, no, no. North Carolina ain't deep south. No, that is not. Uh, Southern Alabama. Okay. Is, okay. is where we are bound for. All right. Cheap land. I, I dig it. You going to start a homestead in the woods? Uh, potentially. That That's kind of the plan. All right. We approve. We approve. I mean, I know you've been waiting for that. So just so um, you know, you have our approval. Um, all right. And last but not least, we have Rachel, otherwise known as R.J. Layden. Yes. Um, I've got one novel out and a few short stories and... Some of Chris Kennedy's universes, I did Shada, and there are a couple other short stories here and there that haven't even been released yet. And like uh, Ben, I also am a little bit sleep deprived, but for other reasons, I'm going through chemotherapy currently. 
Well, hopefully you kick its ass. And uh, if That's not, the plan. Hillbilly has the knife to stab it with. So there's always that. <laughs> then we kill it with fire. <laughs> yes. That is always an acceptable plan. Hey, wait, grab your book. You need a prop to show people your book. My book? Do I have to go get one? Probably. I think I gave them all away or sold them. Okay, Thank well, you for bring, bring one. And the, I have one in edits right now that uh, hopefully William will be looking at and Ben too, maybe. So uh, what oh, book I, is I, in edits? What, what's that? What's in edits? Um, a book called Awakening. Oh, I'm sorry. I, we changed it. <laughs> so uh, what did you change it to? Do you know? Oh, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to put it on the screen. Give me a second. Uh-oh. Solo layout. Well, that's no, that's, that's the one that's already been released. The Twin Sisters book, The Acumen Chronicles, is coming out. But the guys have to check it out, and we have to go through some good editing on it. Yeah, but if you want a good YA paranormal romp, I mean, there's a little bit of romance tossed into it, too. This is a good book. It's fun all the way through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Do I see um, the triplets and grandma? I love those characters. <laughs> You'll is see more of them. Is that a little bit of uh, JF posthumous uh, creative covers? No, no, actually, that was done by Donnie Dawn. What's Dawn's last name? Spears. Uh, she's the he one Spears. that does the trailer park covers for us. Yeah, she's good. Do you test park or uh, test drive those covers by like trolling the local tra trailer parks to get them just right? <laughs> is that like people of Walmart? I haven't yet, but uh, you can buy the, the Trailer Park uh, anthology is on walmart.com. I haven't got them in the store yet. I'm going to try and get them in the store around here just because. See, my problem is that up in my area right now, the trailer parks are too nice. You drive through them, they just look like a suburb with uh, with trailers instead of houses. I gotta, That's the same one. Yeah, I got to get back into my home territory where uh, it gets interesting. Okay, and uh, because we sometimes care about him, we're going to let Hillbilly introduce himself to our listeners and viewers. Wait, what the hell, JR? thought you loved me, man. No, but I've, I've got new I'm, shiny people to talk to. Do I need to holler at Seska? I can holler at her and tell her you're picking on me, man. <laughs> Don't do that. She'll stab me. Okay, so I am William Joseph Roberts. I write sci-fi, fantasy, horror, anything the evil mind squirrels demand of me, and I am the lead publisher over at Three Ravens Publishing. This this thing. See, see. All right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got this. I got this. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, look, it's fancy. Very nice. And sometimes go. they win awards. I can't yeah. read what the imagining. However, you say that. Imaginarium. No, well, the, the, word, yeah, the award. Imagine. Oh, okay. Creative spelling. Yes. Yeah, we. But, uh, uh, that is three ravens. They got a cool logo. So. Three awards home this year. This year, um, one for uh, best best small press. Uh -oh, uh, one for best Maybe. fantasy novel, which was uh, the Raven and the Crow, Dark, uh, Grey Throne, and then the best steampunk novel, which was Dwarves of Rom, uh, Omens of War. Both Michael K. Balciani. And then um, I've got um, I got the award for the best audio book narration for Wildcat Foreclosure of a Dream, which was mine, and I got to ship it off to to the narrator. Um, I got a sack of stuff I got to mail off. Yeah, that was your uh, uh, Fallen World novel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a good one. 
Oh, he did an amazing job with that. Oh, Mark Boyette, he's amazing. He did a great job in both of my books in that universe. He's done some stuff for Scott um, Bartlett, who I've listened to, and a bunch of other stuff, too. That guy's awesome. Yeah, and he's he's booked out to, like, 25. I already asked him. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, dude. He might be worth just, waiting for. Can we clone him? And there's, like... Well, now, now see, that? you know, Joshua Saxon, the one that did the Raven and the Crow stuff, he's also doing... Well, you, you heard in the, uh, the um, Car Warriors commercial thing that, that vocal he's mm -hmm. doing the car war stuff for us and oh my mm -hmm. <laughs> you're gonna like what you hear when you you get the audio for it he, he's good he's also very good so the, the the one funny thing is is if you write a scene where a character is a little bit intoxicated and the narrator does such a great job at it and you have to start questioning their life choices <laughs> I, i've done that with my narrator but I, I won't. I won't tell you. Garrett Michael Brown was doing weird things that he faked the drunk part so well. We won't talk about it officially. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the next part of the introduction, dear listeners, is uh, is how we first found them. So I actually met Hillbilly through Doc, and the rest is history. He has graciously filled in as we changed our format to do a lot of more just discussion questions and told me he would volunteer without telling them any of his uh, published authors if I needed bodies. So it was a win. I will take it. Um, <laughs> we are going to try to use that focus with as many of the small presses out there as possible because you want to spread the love a little bit. Uh, but he was the first that said yes, and he said yes a lot. So how do I say no to that? Because um, it makes it fun. Did I ever mention that I'm a whore online? Maybe and everywhere else, too. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, as long as you bribe people with uh, with mead, I think you can get away with a lot. I do that a lot, but it works. It does. It does. It does. You can't go wrong with booze. I mean, hell, um, was it? I didn't get on the the Star Trek fan panels that I wanted to get on, so I contacted the track director. I was like, "Hey, what's your fa favorite flavor of honey mead?" Too while I'm at it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get on him? I, I hadn't heard back from him yet, but uh, Seska and Mara is going to talk to him at the next meeting for me. To see if I can't get on some panels. Nice, nice. <laughs> so before we get started talking about the publishing house that brought us here, because this is going to be our first small press in uh, in-depth look, sort of got stole the idea from the Bain Traveling Road Show, and then Chris Kennedy Publishing started doing it, and I thought it could be fun to sort of highlight some of these small presses and what they got coming out. So uh, so before we get started, though, the uh, the two new people get to answer our religion questions. Are you both ready for this? Yes. Oh, yes. Let's do All this. Right. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly, Benjamin? Uh, Star Wars, if we're talking about the original trilogy. Star Trek, if we're talking about the original and Next Generation. So okay. I'm kind of in between both. Okay. The Next Generation did have a holodeck, and you imagine every young boy out there who imagined that had um, ideas on how that could be used. Oh, Yes. Hey, don't forget us. Us girls had some ideas, too. I'm not a girl, so I don't have a lot of experience being a girl, so I'm just <laughs> going to have to speak what I know. But uh, it's good to know the ladies had ideas, too. Um, is it Riker doing the pose where he like lifts the Captain Morgan leg going on? Is that what the idea was? Uh, I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So, Rachel, Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly? I'd rather put them in order. I would do Firefly. And Star Trek Next Generation, then Star Wars Original. 
Okay. I can dig it. Um, did you like the uh, reimagining that Star Trek has been doing? In which way? The, the like the Picard series? No, the new movies that came out. Uh, the redoing. The reboot. They were, I, they, I thought they were okay as standalones. Sure. You were fine. The, the Star Trek is a weird property just because the IP is owned by two different companies and it makes it weird to have any kind of continuity because one timeline is owned by – it's just weird. Lawyers, they just make everything weird. Um, <laughs> they do. So what did you think of the Enterprise, though, that TV show? I liked it, but I know it got a lot of hate. The original Enterprise one? Uh, uh, who was on that? With, uh, with Scott Bakula. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mind that one. That one was pretty good. Yeah, I liked the the couple of episodes they did in that where they went to the mirror universe. I did I not think see that. Was in the last season. Oh, that was fun. It was it was I think it was two episodes. Might have just been one. Uh, I've liked Scott Bakula. Like I've liked Scott Bakula since uh, Quantum Leap. So oh, I definitely. Thought, yeah. So like, he, he was a draw for me in the series. It wasn't my favorite, despite that, but um, it wasn't bad. I think it got canceled around the time it was starting to really get good. Yeah, was it produced by Fox Entertainment? Because that's where all good shows go to die. No, that was UPN. <laughs> yeah, that was UPN because they were the ones in charge of uh, Voyager too. I think, right? Yeah. I did much care for Voyager. I again, there were some episodes I liked. Overall, wasn't a huge fan. Right. But, but there were some good episodes here and there. That was the one with Janeway as the captain, right? Voyager. Right. Yeah. Um, I never, I never understood. Like, oh, go ahead. Okay, I got a request. Let's do a special Star Trek episode just because I'm trying my best not to jump in and overdo them too. So I'm going to let them talk because I'm usually on these things and I, I've lost count how many of these shows I've been on. So, All right, I'm writing that down. Star Trek as a panel to a chat discussion. Okay. I, 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 that would be that'd be great. I wouldn't mind being on that. All right, we'll, we'll get that in the books. So um, I know it gets a lot of, I don't know, it just seemed like they should have gotten home sooner, but they kept taking side trips to keep the series going. Right, right. So, I tend to be a fan of things that in properties people don't like, like Stargate universe got a lot of hate, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still bitter that we didn't get an ending. And they're like, no, 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 go to the graphic novel. You'll get your ending there. And then that was a cliffhanger too. Sure. Uh, same, same, with, uh, same with Farscape, which is my favorite sci-fi show of all time. I do like that one as well. That's like going to, to Firefly and going to the graphic novel for getting some closure and stuff. It's like, no, that's not the freaking same. Yep, that's what they did with Farscape. They season five got turned into a mini series, and then they started doing some of the season six and seven stuff in graphic novel form, and it just it wasn't the same. But they wrapped up in season five of Farscape. They wrapped that up pretty damn good, though. They they did, but they had such great plans. Uh, once once the without getting too much spoilery. Once they were going to resolve the big Cold War going hot issue between the two big empires um, at the time with the Peacekeepers and the Scarens, the Nabari were going to come in in a huge way. Um, it's been like 20 years. I don't think there's any worry about like spoiling any anything. Spoilers yeah. And yeah, you're okay, dude. It's okay. Shh, shh, shh. Okay. <laughs> it's a show I still love to get people to watch, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've still got to watch Babylon 5. Another excellent one, except for the last season. I mean, that, see, I was I was overseas when, when uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Babylon 5, they were all out. And I didn't get to see any of them. And I got back here to the States. And after we moved up here, I actually started watching some of them. And I started marathoning. 
Hell, I'm Marathon Red Dwarf and um, yeah, love Red Dwarf. First, then I went Voyager, <laughs> and I was actually enjoying them because it was something new. But I wasn't inundated in the '90s with them. I started watching them and streaming them, you know, in like 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, and because we are polytheistic, uh, Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time, or Lord of the Rings. You first, Rachel. Okay, um, I will take Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Although I do, I did enjoy Game of Thrones as the book, not the series. I think it was written pretty darn well. But you're never going to get an ending. No. No. Probably not, but that's okay. Was it 12 years and he still ain't finished it? I think it's been that's... like 12 years since he's written the last book, so... There's yeah, the running has- joke of authors who have written X number of books since George Martin published his last one. And so many authors have finished series before. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a constant thing. If you're, if you follow the indie author community, uh, <laughs> dunking on, on Martin, well, I think he wrote himself into a corner and he doesn't know what to do. I think he's trying to wait out the biological clock. <laughs> Which biological clock is that? His own. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Sanderson's going to write the ending for him? Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) He's he's probably not going to volunteer for that one, no. I mean, he did so well with uh, with the Wheel of Time. Well, he he would at least be able to bring some light into that universe if he was allowed to to do it his own way. As it is, it's just, it's the reason why I hung up that series after a point, and I never saw the TV show. It's too nihilistic for me. TV show was good. I, I watched the show having no idea about the series. And the only problem with that is the way the magic system in Wheel of Time is, is it comes off as like very misandric. And I was like, did, did the writers just hate like men? And then I talked to a friend of mine who's like read all the books. And he's like, no, JR, you're missing all of this backstory where it all makes sense. I'm like, oh, okay. I can yeah, see that. Well, and, and on top of that, um, they, they changed. I, I won't watch the show. I will not watch so because they changed what Jordan created. Oh, they totally did. No, and the, I the will not watch are... that show. I will tell people I will not watch that show because they changed what he had created and his base magic system. It's like, no, that that's just not cool. You oh, can change a lot in the series when it comes to fantasy to make it like, obviously like every medium, because we've talked about this in the pre-show, how you get three Ravens, you try to get all across all the mediums. And every medium presents a little differently. Like, for instance, if you're getting a static flat image, you're going to draw it one way. If you want to tattoo it on your body, you've got to account for the natural curves of the human form. You're going to draw it a little different. So I accept that when you took a book and you put it into a movie. But like the magic system or the warp drive, that kind of stuff for sci-fi and fantasy is so crucial to the way the world works that you can't change that without breaking it. Right. You you change the core elements of it. I mean, I'm a tradition or I'm a purist with a lot of the series that I love for a reason, because mm-hmm. that's the way they created it. You know, like H.P. Lovecraft did his Cthulhu stuff the way he did it. Howard wrote Conan the way he did it. And to go outside of the bounds of what they created, no. But following in the footsteps of, yes. Well, so so my issue with with uh, the Wheel of Time series, like TV series, and yeah, I, I didn't watch it either, other than other than just seeing the trailers for it and seeing a little bit of reviews for it, is um, well, like you'd said, Hillbilly, it 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 actually breaks a lot of the core elements of the story that made the story so compelling. So, like the the, the main thing that you get into, I think, in like the the very opening 
scene of the show is talking about how, you know, when, when the dragon reborn comes again through this whole cycle of rebirth and clashing with the dark one, uh, they mentioned something like, you know, um, that, that the dragon reborn could be, could be a man or a woman. Like, well, no. no, no, it has to be a man. And it not only simply just because that's, that's the story, but also, you know, in the previous cycle, the dark one, had was able to deliver like a a master stroke of a death blow against the side of light by tainting the male half of the magical power so that anytime a male sorcerer comes in they eventually are driven insane before they can actually master their magic mm-hmm. and so, and since the dragon reborn the one who was destined to fight and defeat the dark one is always a man what this means is the next time the cycle begins the dark one is won by default if if it could be either, then it turns that it turns the Dark One's master stroke into a roll of the dice. And it it just it takes so much power away from the story itself and also from the Dark One. He's no longer as seemingly omnipotent and omniscient as he appears to be, at least in the the original story. So that that was was too foundational of a shift for me anyway. Okay, I can see that. Um, and we will mention, since we talked about Sanderson real quick, with him writing the end of the Wheel of Time books, though, uh, with with Robert Jordan passing away to cancer, like he knew he was going to die. So he actually wrote outlines in all the World Bible. So yep. even though it was finished by someone else, it still had his hand in it. I don't mm-hmm. know that you would get that for whoever's got to finish uh, Game of Thrones because I don't think he knows how to end it. I really just don't. I, yeah. I I don't think he did either. I, I I'm, I'm with you. I think he painted himself into a corner. And don't forget, Brandon did the prequels to it too. Mm-hmm. That's actually where he started out before he finished up the the series. He went back and did the two prequels, and then continued the rest of it. Was that because he needed to get like into the universe to get the vibe right? I'm not sure. I think it might have just been something that that Jordan had put down, and they decided to go with that path. It might have been to get him into it and get him rolling, and they, then they just use that material, maybe? I don't know. Um, if he's at Superstars, I'll ask him this year. I mean, I, I'm oh, I that'd be great. I would love to meet him. I haven't heard if he's coming yet or not. I mean, that will be three years in a row, and he ain't made it. We've tried to get him on the show a few times, but he doesn't answer our emails. Yeah, he's not busy. Yeah, and I, I suspect it's uh, it's not even him. It's his his minions in the background. Mm-hmm. So the trick is is to make friends with the minions. That's how you get stuff done in this world. Well, see, see, the the thing I want to ask him is that after that insanely successful Kickstarter, does he have a gigantic uh, vault full of money that he swims in now, like uh, like Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be nice to to get even a fraction of that. It actually turned um, like the Kickstarter platform is almost its own ecosystem where. Even if like a lot of times, oh, if you don't get it funded, I'm not writing the book or the making the comic or whatever. Now people go there not necessarily because they're they're not going to publish it either way, just to get new eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly so, what that's exactly what what we're doing with the uh, with the that, Car Warriors Kickstarter. That was right. one of the primary reasons for doing the Kickstarter was it's a whole other social media platform that I wasn't playing on yet. So this is one way to do it. And so the fact that we get some backing, we get to have some cool swag and all that and push the, the, the right. series. It's like bonus. Well, it, it, it's such a neat way to get to just to get 
another level of involvement, not, not even just so much on the funding side of it, just to get other people, fans, readers, supporters, to have their, their chance to, to kick something into the pot and feel like they're, they're, they're more involved in the process than just as a simple customer. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I back, you know, like I don't, I don't have a whole lot of discretionary income to throw around, especially with us, you know, in the middle of a move right now. But there are some projects I've backed, whether it's books or classic retro style games that are coming out. Anime. And, and anime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've backed the, <laughs> the remastering of a couple of different anime from the 80s that are that are getting like a nice redub, remaster. And it, it's not just to help bring it out. It's it helps me. It, it's just neat to feel a part of something like that, you know, in whatever small way I can contribute. So it's okay. it, it's just it's just cool to offer that to other people. And there's going to be other people that are like Ben, and hopefully they will all come to the Car Wars. Yeah, we well we had one guy. He dropped nearly a grand in one whack, and he got the red shirt. He got the secondary. You know, background character and a uh, a primary supporting character tuckerization. I'm expecting if we cross the five thousand mark for the next stretch goal, and I put up that lead character tuckerization, tuckerization, he's going to be the guy to grab it. Oh, I don't doubt that, and that's such a cool idea. So we're recording this on the sixth, uh, but this will be airing on the twenty fifth of August. So when does the Kickstarter end? Uh, it ends September fifteenth. Yeah, September. So this will 15th. still be open. So I'll go ahead and throw a link for that as well. Okay. Um, so that way, anybody who who didn't when they watched the interview that went live on the seventh, when you watch them talk about the Kickstarter, if that didn't motivate you, like you got a second chance to redeem yourself. And I, I purposely ran it out for forty five days just to get through um, Dragon Con. Yeah, so you could you could pimp it out there. Well, okay. we're doing panels at Dragon Con, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sad. I'm not going to be there <laughs> for many reasons. Will there actually be dragons at Dragon Con, Don? Of course. I would hope so. They're, they're going to be wearing the yep. uh, the robes of the uh, Marriott carpet clan, uh, cult. Well, <laughs> if there's no dragons, that's false advertising. We could sue them for that. I mean, I think I think it might be worth it. Uh, unless they're like uh, unless they're like dragons from Shadowrun and they can appear as human. Hmm. That's yeah, a good idea. Are they walking among us? That's the question. Yes, but that's where you sue them. You get disclosure, and then you could find these things out. Like you can look that, the exactly, button. exactly. I mean, we're not planning a coup, but we're not not planning it either. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> all, all we want to do is expose the, the 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 real truth that our our lizard men overworlds or uh, overlords are really dragons. Wait, 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 wait. Hillbilly well, said that's way that too cool. Hillbilly made me sign an NDA. He said, I can't talk about your lizard overlords. That was supposed to be a secret of Three Ravens Publishing. <laughs> oh, well, my bad. I'm just... Uh-oh, knife time. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, you were on the path to success. They had given you the all-seeing eye. You guys were going to be like the next Bane, the next Penguin House. And you just like, you just off the over... <sighs> oh, what's he doing? You're in trouble now. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Just saying, now you got to make the deal with Faust, and that's not always going to end well. Hey, usually it does well, not end gonna, well at all. JR's doing things he shouldn't be doing again. We're doing a recording, but he's doing this. You need to be on here wrangling this guy. I'm, so, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. <laughs> so, he's pulling right. strings. So we, we've talked about a little bit since we mentioned the, the publishing house. <laughs> uh, we're at the perfect point to get started. So we're going to play the commercial just a little bit in, um, a little earlier than normal, and then we're going to jump 
into talking nothing but three Ravens. Are you, so you take a deep breath. You got this. You got time to think. And we're going to show that uh, that commercial. Van, I know this is hard for you to accept or even believe. But you're not imagining this. You're not going crazy. Your grandfather believed right down to the core of his being in protecting those who couldn't protect themselves. You expect me to believe that my grandfather was a star-faring soldier? I can prove it to you. And how are you going to do that? By taking you for a flight. Whenever you're ready, Van. That was amazing. That was uh, that put out by, by Jay and Cheney and Terry Maggart, one of the many Terry's out there. And um, I guess if you make nice with Podium, they make you really kick-ass commercials. That is the first time I've seen that. But I don't I'm, – I'm all over the social media, but I'm not on there trolling or doing the death scroll most of the time because I'm doing other things. They're probably up to, like, book 100 in that series, so it might have been a while oh, since I know. they aired they're, it. They're putting Jesus out so many me. books in that universe. He's a machine. Him and Terry. Terry doesn't sleep. So what it is, is we actually, we talked to Cheney about this series. We interviewed him about it. Is he actually keeps the Terry chained to his desk. His wife just throws food. He's not even allowed to get close enough. because probably don't want to smell him. And then they just keep him chained. <laughs> what you need to do is invest in some Home Depot chains and padlocks. Get your authors chained to their desk. And you can crank out 10 books a month too. 10 books a month. I mean, they're doing crazy numbers. I mean, if you're going to, Airdrop food and chain them to the desk. You might as well set ambitious goals, right? <laughs> this is true. So I'm just saying, when Three Ravens strikes it big, we'll know how they did it. <laughs> don't give them mead though, because you know you don't want to interrupt the. the well, actually, maybe they write better on mead. They did say <laughs> the rock and roll died when they all got sober, so maybe there's something to that. Hey, there you go. Anyway, all right. So we are here to talk about Three Ravens Publishing today. So first off, uh, can you tell us like how your company came to be? Oh, geez. Where do we start? Yeah, I was going to say. Let me go ahead and do some because, yeah, you've heard from me. Well, um, Hillbilly and I, or I should say uh, William and I, (laughs) went to uh, Liberty Con when it was at the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Mm -hmm. And we met Ben there. And we kind of developed an idea to do this. Make the Three Ravens Publishing. We didn't have a name or anything at the time. 
Yeah, what well, we we met that was uh, that was in 2017, right? Uh, I think so. It was a while ago. And Gone we Triple X 2017, last year at the Choo Choo. Yep, and we met we met at the uh, the coffee bar that was there, right. the froth, frothy, frothy monkey. monkey. Yep, but I think a workshop had just ended. I was there with my wife and my mom, and uh, we were seated at, at the only table that had some chairs left in it. Yeah, and we saw we saw y'all walk in, and uh, I don't know something just led me to call y'all over. I'd seen, I think I'd seen, I know I'd at least seen you, William, uh, here and there, like with the walks with Tony in the morning, and then uh, we may have been in the same workshop together as well. But oh, wait, I was like charities workshop, yeah, 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 yep. yeah. We yep. were all there. Yeah, yep. that workshop I, honestly is what flipped my switch and set things in motion. Mm -hmm. I blame the one word to write and not look at your stuff workshop. No, well, keep on. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that one later. So, so yeah, you know, uh, uh, called y'all over. We we dragged a, like a, a little table over for all of us to sit at, gather around at. Our food came. I think if I remember right, you know, we we'd been talking and just jabbering about whatever for several minutes. The food came, and I said, you know, I said, oh well, you know, give me a second. I'll, I'll say grace. So I prayed over it, and then after that, you know, William looks at me and is like. Dang man, I've been cussing this whole time. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, <laughs> why wouldn't I be? <laughs> I was like, it's all good, man. And then uh, we just started talking shop, started talking what we what we love to read, what we love to write. We started uh, we started yep. trading stories back and forth here and there, doing uh, you know doing edits and and bleed runs on each other's stuff, uh, trying to get into different anthologies, different contests together. Well, now we all three got into the Shadab Toys anthology together. We, right. we did. That we was did. our first, I think. That was that was my first publication, and I think it was yours too, wasn't it, Rachel? Yes. Um, and it was it was one of my first. I'd had a few published before them, but all just mostly minor uh, little e-zines and a couple of anthologies here and there. So that was that was my first, and it was it was the first to come from a writers' conference. So that was uh that was cool. It it showed that that the conferences can pay off in a big way. A lot of it is about the connections you make. Yes. There it is. We, we kind of drug Ben into this one. It's like, oh, hey, we, hey, oh, guess what? And, oh, and that, oh, that, oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, I didn't have an idea for it at the time. And then I think there was a space left. You'd mentioned that, William, I think like a week before the deadline. And I, I, I'd come up with an idea. I messaged, um, I messaged Hanson uh, about it. And said, "Hey, I got this idea. You know, it, it it's mostly done. You know, uh, you know, I, I, all I need to do is edit it. Oh yeah, sure, send it over. I hadn't written one word. All I had was just a basic <laughs> idea. But uh, over the course of like the next day and a half, I banged out a ten thousand word short story and got it out. Now, I mean, being the father of a two year old at the moment, those days are done. <laughs> but but hopefully, when we move and we get a little more uh, get a little more support from from my side of the family, that'll." I'll be able to get some days to retreat and get a lot of writing done. But uh, man, those were those were wild early days for us, weren't they? Yes. When Good times. We, I forget when we actually cooked up the idea to start our own publishing thing. It wasn't until about a year later, though, right? Like 20, 2017? It was maybe twenty eighteen. No, it was it was towards the end of twenty eighteen when I I talked the idea at YouTube. And yeah, I was going to do it regardless. Yep. I wanted to have that platform initially to to put my own stuff out on because I was actively working on Flux Runners. Um, 
And I tossed the idea at you too, if you wanted to jump on board with me and, and help me with it and all that. And, um, what was it? April 1st ish, um, 2019, the company officially opened, uh, the first official title that was published was one of my short stories in October, uh, just trying to play with the system, figure out, okay, here's all the, the buttons and things and this is how you go about it. And then, um, you know, from the time that I, I opened the doors to the time that I published that first piece in, in November, or, uh, published flux runners in November, I've been editing the crap out of it. Uh, and it finally got to that point. It's like, Okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired of looking at it. I hate this thing. It's got to go away. And I went ahead and published it. Now, it needs a love. It needs some edits. And I'm going to go back when I, before I do book two, do a hard edit run on it so I can refresh my memory because it's been four years now. Mm-hmm. And then write book two and probably book three right behind that so that I can get that series going because I don't want to leave it undone. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's a fun universe. Speaking of you know Farscape, it, it does have that same feel. Well, that was my ode to everything I love sci-fi. I mean, both of you guys are Tuckerized in it. Oh, yeah. Rachel's um, loving nickname that I I have called her for years is Cheesy because she's a cheesehead from up in Wisconsin. And she's been my work wife since, uh, what, like 08? 08 at least, yeah. We were working together at different companies. She worked at the company that my company bought burners from. I was designing industrial uh, heating or industrial heaters, thermal fluid heaters. And we bought burners from her company Eclipse. And uh, we just got to talking and became like best friends out of that and started talking about writing and this and that. And yeah, uh, um, um, I have no idea where the hell I was going with that. Just talking about how long y'all have known each other. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm the newcomer to the to this whole relationship. Sucker. <laughs> I, didn't know what no. I, I, I didn't know what I was getting into, did I? No, Maybe not. Oh, wait, yeah, that's cheesy. That's right. But, you know, I, I wrote them both in, and, and everybody in that first novel was actually Tuckerized with the exception of, like, three characters. Um, and I took the base one or two personality traits. Um of of all the people that i knew and i boosted it up to 11. so it's it's absolute over the top it's it's comedy it's stupid humor it i had to write this novel to get it out of my system before i could do anything serious i mean there's a lot of there's seriously i have no idea how many easter eggs are in this thing um but just too many it's it's an homage to Star Wars and Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica and T- Doctor Who and Red Dwarf, Hitchhiker's Guide. It's just everything that I, I have ever loved about sci-fi and fantasy. And there's there's even, you know, a tie into to Taylor Anderson's Destroyer Man. Because, you know, um, I tell people that I almost lost a good friend because I put him up on that pedestal. Because on my previous incarnation of a pen name, I started TDB Pirate Radio, and um, and he was one of the early on guests that we got to come on, and he had just turned in book three to rock. And in the interim, he publishes book four and book five and book six and book seven, and I'm still fumbling around trying to figure out what I'm doing. But, you know, we had life, we had cancer and all this other stuff go on here. So things took a, a side seat, and... Um, 
you know, I, I cut off times with my, my good friend. I mean, he got to the point, he just called me up and said, Hey man, you're never going to believe what we did with the cannon. It's like, Oh dear God, Taylor, what did you blow up? And because he literally, he does have a couple of cannons. They, they do reenactments and stuff at civil war reenactments or they did until it got too expensive. But, um, while I was working on that, when I called him up and, and it's like, you know, I love your, your Lemurians, you know, your cat people, they're, they're, instead of humans evolving, the lemurs evolved. Mm-hmm. And I just loved everything about them. They, they stood out, you know, and I wanted something like that for, for an alien race that would be that lovable alien race that people would fall in love with. And he's like, well, there's all kinds of alien cats in all kinds of science fiction. So just write alien cats and, you know, put them in kilts and just change their name. Huh. Okay, cool. So that's what I did. And, you know, to pay homage to him and the Destroyer Men series, my buddy Wes, who we had been listening through the audiobooks already up, up to that point. And um, he's in there. He's he's part of the bridge crew with, with Cheesy. Oh, yeah. We beat each other up. Yeah, they beat, they're, they're like some sibling <laughs> rivalry going on there. And um, <laughs> um, when they get into the, the den where the, the Chinchasins are, he, he does the, holy shit, cat, it's a monkey cat booby farm. At, which is a line that Dennis Silva does in in the Destroyer Man, and he's like, "It's just like you know, out of the Destroyer Man by Taylor Anderson. I love that series. Oh my god, this is so cool!" And you know, he's fanboying at the same time of having this existential breakdown of, "Holy crap, there's aliens!" You know. Um. So that that was an interesting book to get done and published, and Taylor gave uh-huh. me a blurb for the cover, and it's just like. Holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a fun one. It's a fun book. I'm looking forward to the second one. But yeah, yeah. I ended up wrangling Ben into it. He's His character is a uh, archaeologist. And mm-hmm. the battle wagon shows up. Oh, yeah. My my, my roadmaster's <laughs> in there. I think it's a hover wagon now, too. Mm-hmm. Some kind your, of old terrain vehicle. Yeah, your wagon has gotten into many different books, hasn't it? Oh, it has. The only thing it won't ever get into is my Necrolopolis series because that's like pure fantasy. But anything set in real world or at least far future times, it's going to be in there. In it's some good. form it's or like fashion. It in. There you can just go. make it a hearse. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> some, some, you know, the, uh, maybe they'll be doing some sort of like a industrial expo outside of the city, and someone will bring in this this weird looking horseless carriage, and then it'll just quickly get dismissed. Oh, these things will never take on. <laughs> have it Make get it look like Ecto One. There we go. We'll, we'll have it get destroyed <laughs> by a couple of uh, golems that are gonna go crazy and are and are fighting. And the last we see of the guy who invented it, he's just weeping over his broken, mangled mess of a car. The Destroyer Man series is a book that I want to get into, but unfortunately, my dream to read, my time to read, and my wallet to buy the books are not always in perfect alignment. Well, oh, the, yes. the audio is very worthwhile. Uh, William DeFreeze does an amazing job. I forgot what book he left off on before he passed away. Uh, but the uh, the replacement, uh, they did a really good job of getting somebody similar in in tone and timber, so it doesn't throw you off going into the next book. Audiobooks have been such a godsend for my ability to actually read these days. It's just I you know I prefer reading with my eyeballs, and I prefer physical copies of books. I just don't have the time. Yeah. At the moment, there's you know, the the only time I have to listen to things is with the uh, is with when I'm doing the day job. 
okay. It saved my my sanity doing engineering. Mm-hmm. Pop in an audiobook <laughs> and go on an adventure. Yeah, but how do you hear the audiobook over the sound of the hammer? I'm told that's all there is to it to engineering is just to hit things with hammers. Until hammers it works. That's it. Yep. And duct tape. That, that's percussive engineering. <laughs> oh, how did I forget that official? I, see, I don't know all the official lingo, so clearly. Um, so that's sort of your origin story as as Three Ravens. What made you pick Three Ravens as the title? Three of us, obviously, but the Ravens, I think that was something to do with Hillbilly and a motorcycle and some dark birds chasing him around. A, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> um, I, we actually tossed around a lot of different ideas. We did. And, and, you know, I was looking through tattoo images and things like that, that, uh, you know, like Celtic tattoos, just for idea generation. And, um, the artist that did the cover art for uh, Flux Runners and actually my, my novel Widowmakers, I uh, tossed the idea at him of Three Ravens, and that's where he came up with that three-headed raven look. And he, he sent that back, and I'm like, dude, that is, yes, that's yeah. perfect. And it, yeah. as soon as I saw it, I was sold. Mm-hmm. And what was it? We, I, I, had, I had tossed around like uh, three hounds, three squirrels, three, you know, all, all these different possibilities, but the Ravens, as soon as I saw that image, and I'd uh-huh. give him all these different ideas, and I sent him all the, the little tattoo images I'd pulled off Google search, and and he came back with that one. It's just like, ha, ah, holy crap. And didn't he do it fast, too? Oh, yeah, he had it done in like an hour or two. Yeah. And then he uh-huh. turned around, you know, I told him, I was like, okay, well, I need something for a spine, and I want it to be something that stands out. So we got the, uh, the triangle. The- the three R with the the triangle, which uh-huh. um, um, brain work here. I'll find it for you, Jr. Um, yeah, I was very I, uh, I was very excited to see like the two different logos, the spine as well as the main three Ravens logo. Just gorgeous artwork. It is. And then uh, didn't he pass shortly after he made those? Um. Send you the link for that spine logo, Jr. Um, he he actually got done with the roughed-in cover of book two for Flux Runners, and then a month later had an aneurysm, and he passed away. Mm. Uh, yeah. So when I do get around to writing book two, uh, that that's actually kind of one of the big things that took the uh, wind out of my sails on Flux Runners, honestly. Um, that and during the pandemic, then. Um, found out a year after mm-hmm. one of my good friends and uh, one of the characters, Bob uh, Medora, he had passed away of, it looks like a heart attack, but I never found enough details and I wasn't about to open old wounds trying to contact his wife or anybody to find out. Um, and it was just one of those, you know, we, we, we were always close kind of, but we just kind of bounce in there and holler at each other. It's like, hey, man, how's it going? It's been a minute. But, you know, it wasn't like we talked every day. We'd, we'd see each other on Facebook and messaging and things like that and uh, comments. But um, other than that, it wasn't, you know, wasn't anything to go months without talking to each other. And I was sitting there one day, um, I think it was honestly toward the end of 2020. No, no, it was the end of 2021. And I was sitting there thinking, it's like, I ain't talked to Bob in a while. Wonder how Bob's doing. And I was like, wait a minute. I haven't even seen Bob online. 
and I went to poking around and I'm like, huh. And I found out that he had passed away from a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that flux runners got behind for a multitude of reasons and I need to get back to it. Finish it because I've had people begging me for the last four years for book two. So yeah. uh, I've been, I've been having people do the same with me for the third uh, Blue Cavalry book that's uh, that's going to follow up Blue Crucible and Blue Salvation and the Fallen World universe. But like you, uh, one of my best friends, you know, got put into that as a, as a supporting character. And I wanted him to be on the front cover of the third book because he, he's like one of my super fans for those books. He has a character in there he loves other than his own. I was going to have the two of them. And this will still happen when the book comes out. The two of them fighting back to back against a horde of enemies. But uh, he died, you know, during the pandemic. And uh, it's just, it still hurts to think about uh, that I'm going to be having to get back into his head and write about him. And I want to do it. I want to honor him. Yeah. But it's but hard. It's, it's hard to get back into that. Right. Okay. I was expecting something like. Um... Edgar Allan Poe inspiration with the darkness of the logo, but but this is a cool story too. Well, well, one of the uh, and and I do remember one of the things we had we had kicked around, and I forget if we had already if you had already tossed out the idea of three ravens, William, or not. But I know one of us, I don't know if it's me or Rachel, had posted um, in our in our little you know what did we call our our, our little private Google group? I don't remember. Three amigos, I think it was. Three amigos, yeah. That's yeah. What it was. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's an old English ballad called The Three Ravens. It's all about, I think it's about three ravens um, sitting over the corpse of a knight and his hounds or something like that. It's an interesting ballad. Uh, and, yeah, that sounds uh, right, yeah. So I know I know that was part of it, but um, and and of course I mean probably even subconsciously like, like you'd said there's there's the the Edgar Allan Poe Raven story. Sure. Well, and you know um, I'm kind of partial to ravens and corvids in general because um, well one I'm pagan. I mean I don't I don't hide that, but I don't throw it out there and flaunt it all the time. But right. So soon, soon after I got my motorcycle, um, I tore it down, cleaned it up, put it all back together. You know, did a little custom paint work and all this and that on it. And um, I was heading to work. So I'm, I'm cruising through the Chickamauga battlefield and you're doing about 30, 40 miles an hour. That That's the, the max speed limit through there. And I'm cruising along and then I caught motion out the corner of my eye. So I look over. And sitting there just soaring and rolling right with my wake. I mean, he was surfing my wake. There was a uh, crow or a raven just sitting there soaring along with me. I look over to the other side, and there's one on that side, too. And so I, I had had him just sitting there either side of me about a foot or two off off of the bike and, and just soaring along with the wake of the bike. Um, and they rode all the way through the battlefield with me. Um, you know, I, I tossed that experience up in the Kawasaki uh, writers group and and a couple other places just cause and people like you know, Odin sent his messengers to check on a, a warrior and this and that and it's just like you know it's kind of profound to have those two just cruising along with me and and riding right along so um on either saddlebag I fly a raven feather on either one um had a uh, uh, a witch from someplace else send me a whole bunch of feathers that I won't mention where just because I don't want to get them in trouble. But um, 
every time one gets worn out or damaged to the point that it, it doesn't look pretty or anything anymore, and they'll replace it. I'll put a new one on there. But uh, so I, I, th- there's a special place in my heart for them, too. Okay. That's a, a movie story as well. Uh, we'll take that as inspiration. And what you're looking at on the screen, dear listener, dear viewer, is the actual spine logo for Three Ravens, which has that kind of pyramid uh, 3D effect. So right. I dig it. And then we'll go back to the official logo. So we've talked about how you guys came to be, how you started your publishing company. Uh, it says on your About Me page that, page that originally it was to publish your own stuff so that way the imprint wasn't just your name, which I did too. Like I, I published my stuff as Bayonet Books when I'm, when I'm the publisher. What made you decide to start publishing other people? Like how did that happen? I think that we was wanted to help you, others. William, right? That was the, you guys ran over each other. Who said what? No, you first, Rachel. Uh, we wanted to help others who are struggling to get their things, their work published. That's all I was saying. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, I know William. You know, you started a local writers group, and I think that was that was one of the big driving forces behind that, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, in nineteen. Uh, well, before, just before I published Flux Runners, um, a lot of people that were at the, um, crap, the next chapter, uh, writers convention over here, and it was in Ringgold, now it's over in Dalton. Um, a lot of my old writing group members had seen me there and like, Hey, when are we going to start up the, the writing group again? Like, I don't want to it's too much work for nothing out of it. I mean, it, the cost of bullshit ratio is not worth it. True. Uh-huh. I had started up a critique group, just like all the other critique groups around here, you know, from the Chattanooga writers guild. And that, that's a whole other mess of a story there. Um, but I didn't want to sit there and spend my wills every month doing the same thing over and over. And nobody's trying to grow. So, you know, I molded over for a while and I kept thinking about it and it finally got to the point. It's like, yeah, all right, fine. Let's, let's do the group because I want to help other people out and help them learn what I've learned. And I went ahead and started the group back up again, but it was a self-help group. We get together, we talk about the craft and publishing and share information. We just check in with each other and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it was not the typical group but it works well and uh come december of that year the group is like hey let's put together a little collection so we did and we did a little flash fiction collection 500 words each our own little stories and um went ahead and published it through three ravens um and that that kind of started it uh one of the next ones that i published after that was john drake which i repubbed two of his and then he wrote another one he's wrote two since um i published him initially repubbing his first two novels and it was comedy it was douglas, douglas adams style comedy the first one was making man which was about this caveman engineer and i loved it it was hilarious um so much tongue-in-cheek uh campy just british style humor um and then um dan holyfield uh, he had one that, that we published for him and just, you know, Dan runs Apelian web magazine and he has helped people for 25 years to 
learn and grow in the craft to the best of their knowledge you know over there they got their group of editors and stuff and it's it's a web magazine has been for 20 some years and it's like okay yeah let, let's let's help help grandpa out and or grandpa dan out and, and get a book in his hand and we did and it's just like a little chat book size like uh, the old paperbacks um and from there it just started kind of going i mean we talked to people and like hey cool yeah let's let's do this and then we finally started getting submissions which is weird and then it got more submissions and then it turned into this past april or into april early may when authors published it an article about us that i didn't know about until after i started getting flooded with emails and we had over 400 submissions in four days yeah so that what was, was this this magazine that did a, a some, an article about you um i don't know if it's a magazine it's, it's a, at least an online um article place it, it's called authors publish and they cool. just did an article on three ravens i don't know where they came from why they did it who talked to them. I, I don't know all i know is just all of a sudden we started getting flooded i'm like oh cool we got we got five submissions today wait there's 10. And by lunchtime, we had like 40. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And somebody had contacted me on Instagram um, asking me details. And, and so I was like, how did, how did you hear about us? And she told me about the article. And I went and checked it out. I was like, well, some bitch. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. All right. Let's roll with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's grown since opening the, the doors in 19. And now we've got like 60 titles, including our own stuff that we published. And yep. um, we got a bunch of different series that are running and running well. I mean, we've got the trailer park anthology series that people just love. It's stupid fun. You can detach from everything for a little bit and laugh. So, okay. So what? Um, so that's that's starting with anthology stuff, and I and I dig that because I love short content. We we do a lot of focusing on short content here, at the podcast. What was the first like proper novel that you guys published other than your own three uh, books? Well, Making Man wasn't that. That's a novel, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a novel. It, it was the first repub. Um, okay. So okay. you know, after Flux Runners, yeah, it, it well. Flux Runners would have been first, then, um, ah, crap, then um, the Drunken Cranberries. But that's your uh, um, groups. Yeah, Corner Scribblers Flash Fiction Collection. Right. I think it was like in February of, of 20 that I did um, um, Making Man, I think. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. I think it'll let me sort by when it was originally published. Um, well, actually, if nothing else, we could go and look at the pretty, pretty pictures, maybe. And while he's looking for stuff, we have had some funny things happen in the publishing arc with uh, a couple of people from Russia trying to get their work published. And they were pushing a lot, and the the work was not that good. Remember Wait, that? The people from what? Russia. Oh God, yeah. Uh, there was there was um, 
three bro brothers and a sister um, yeah. trying to get something published. And they they went down to the tangent of contacting all the authors to get yes. help with editing. And it's like, you know, we can only do so much. And I understand while Bain and all the others, they don't give feedback because feedback takes time. It does take time. And sometimes when you do give feedback, they want more. The author that you're giving feedback to wants more. You know, just editing three or four chapters isn't enough. They want all of their work edited. We don't have time for that. Okay, yeah. Um, so Closet Cases was a Flux Runner short story, was the first thing I published. Then Flux Runners, Drunken Cranberries, Poker Face, which was another Flux Runner short story. Making Man, Cheating Death by Jonathan Drake. Then two more, or no. Then another Corner Scribblers collection, another short story of mine, Android Girl, which was a poetry collection by Michael Hansen. Hansen. Um, hold on, another page. Then I had another short story I tossed out there just because. And then Dan Holyfield abducted. And then Loki Bound by Charity Ayers. We repub. There we go. Was that a repub? Yeah, that was a repub. She originally had done it by herself and then went through, cleaned it up some, uh, doctored up the cover a little bit. And it did fairly well, you know, for being a very first out the gate kind of thing. And, um, you know, nobody knowing who the hell we were. Right. Um, and then mine was shortly after that, I think. Let's see. Then it was another, it was Quarantine World by Hanson. It was just a little chapbook poetry collection. Killing Chance was the one that John Drake had wrote afterward. Then more corner scribblers. Jerry Harwood's 12 Hours on the Block. That was an interesting allegory. Uh, the um, entire Aztec creation myth in 12 hours on a prison block. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was an interesting story set up. Uh, actually, I published Ben's Necrolopolis Collection. October 2020, then Madcap, Children of the Corner, Phase Amulet, Jenny beat you. Oh, and, and then Madcap. Was Madcap was a brand new one. That was a brand new. That, yeah, that was, was Madcap Charity Air's uh, first title or yeah. first new title with us. Uh, that one was an awesome story, and yeah, it never did great. But I, I blame myself on that on marketing, and I just didn't know how to market it, or I wasn't in the right places yet. Um, she's given me Madcap too, so we'll see if we can't um, do that ju justice now, since I know a bit more than I did before. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sitting there looking at it, and I got seven pages on Amazon, and there's ten items per page. So, <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. So, that's a lot since you started publishing. So. What do you have coming out? You know, because we're approaching an hour and I, I promise you I try to do better at keeping time management. Uh, new format means I've got to relearn all the pacing uh, for this podcast. But yeah, so what is, who cares about what time it is? It's all good. So what is uh, what is coming down the pike for the rest of 2023 and then 2024? Um, off the top of my head right now, we've got the uh, Bent Novel uh, Challenge going on at the moment. Uh, 45 days to 50,000 words. I issued that back last month, and we'll see how, how many people turn in a novel by the end of August. Uh, so there's going to be some more bent novels coming. 
if you don't know what bent is that is biologic enhanced nascent talent that is christopher wood's superhero universe and i'm actually working on mine i knocked out about 2500 words this morning on on it i stopped outlining yesterday and started officially working on chapters and i got like a chapter and a half done today uh, you relocated i did i did am i muted or am i good no you're good we can hear uh, you perfect uh, after that uh Karen um brain work Karen Silverberg Karen I don't remember what she published under do you remember babe what? Karen's last name she published Haber. Karen Haber uh we're doing a short story collection of hers I have three other titles of Robert Silverberg's that we're going to be processing and getting out um I have the Tomorrow's Hope and the Blood, Sweat, and Steel anthologies that I got to wrap up, get done, along with Tales from the Apocalypse. I just sent out the contracts on it. Um, I've got some intern help to help catch up because last year was just kind of hell in a handbasket. And everything here at Raven Central just fell apart. Um, so for, for, for very valid reasons. You know, very valid reasons. Yeah, cancer and, and lots of other stuff going on. So, um, and well... As Rachel said when we started off here, she's working on chemo right now. Ben's in the process of moving, so I need help. And I jumped on with some interns to teach them everything that I've learned, and 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 including if they show up at a convention, it's like, all right, let's roll. You're with me. Keep up if you can. <laughs> if you can, indeed. Um, but uh, they're going to be helping me to get at least some of the basic edits done and moving along and flag anything uh, major in some of these titles, which I updated the uh, About Us page and included the the ones that are contracted now. Um, Did you mention uh, both of JF Posthumus's books that that uh, not yet. you're editing one and I'm editing I'm editing another? No, I was I was getting ready to. So we got uh, Scales of Injustice series by JF Posthumus, uh, which Ben I don't remember what the name of the first book was. The first one, the first one uh, is the scales of injustice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the universe is what the, the corruption universe. I think you that and uh, right, yeah. you and Jenny had cooked up. <clears throat> and then um, taming the night, which is book two to the nightshade series. I'm working on edits on it right now. Um, after that, we have wing or the wingless. Um, David, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head right now. Um, he is one of those that the 400 in four days submission pile. He's one of those that it, the, the pitch, I mean, honestly, if you're going to submit something, one, follow the guidelines. I mean, absolutely follow the guidelines because it's going to get you kicked out real quick. If you're not, it will, but, um, uh, David M. James, this is a reprint. Um, his pitch initially caught my eye and I was, I was more or less just saving things off, putting it on our list, sending the reply. Yes, we've received it. We will get back to you as soon as we can, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just a form letter. But his was like, oh, you know, I was, I was kind of skimming the pitches to see what was going on. And if it was something like if it was blatantly going to be um, message fiction, like, yeah, sorry, no, we don't want this, you know, or mm -hmm. short story collections in general, though, they don't sell. Karen Haber, I'm doing hers just because um you know publishing her husband so why not um 
but you know i was looking through those to see and kind of filtering out some of the stuff we didn't want but um his came through and it just it it caught my eye i'm like oh this sounds really interesting and i'm not one to like bible stories in general but it's about the wingless the conscientious objectors to the heavenly war you know you had the fallen angels and you had the the heavenly host but these are the ones that didn't fight on either side and they had their wings clipped so now they're immortal on earth still angels with a little bit of power and one of theirs goes missing and now they're trying to figure out how an immortal being went missing and they can't find them so it's it just like i read through nine chapters you know i marked it as i was going through and taking everything off the emails and i marked it on there it's like this is mine to review and i i literally <laughs> read through nine chapters without any edits because it sucked me in I'm like yeah i want this this is good and that's, that's that's one of the most beautiful parts of this gig oh yeah getting to read awesome fiction and helping to give birth to, to it i mean yep. raven of the crow series king you know uh, falciani had originally released the first one and it did nothing it just sat there then we re-released it with the new cover art and give it a little push and boom it's taken off i mean that's one of our best mm -hmm. sellers Mm -hmm. And the cover art was done by students. It was a contest. Well, he, he's a kindergarten gym teacher. And um, he had talked to the uh, art class or the, uh, the digital art class over at the high school in Carson City. And they're the ones that had done the artwork. We ran it as a contest. Mm -hmm. And all of them in that series are going to be that way. Now, eventually, they'll get it recovered and so we can rebrand the entire series. But until he's done writing them, they're going to be done by these students. And gives them the opportunity to learn, you know, real world scenarios and, and following guidelines and things like that. You know, you got to bring your A game if you want to get the gig. And, yep. you know, they get paid like any other artist for a piece of cover art. Yep. It, it's good. It, it's, it's a good opportunity for life experience for them. Not only does it help them build their portfolio, whether it's accepted or not, it teaches them. It teaches them the, the basic understanding that, well, like you said, William, you know, it, you need to bring your A game, you know, and it's, it's the same with people submitting to the slush pile, whether it's to us or anyone else, bring your A game, you know, like there are a lot of things that can be forgiven in a submission, even if you don't necessarily follow all the guidelines, but every time you go either against the guidelines or there's issues with your plot, your pacing, your grammar, every no one thing for the most part is unforgivable but there's a snowball effect right yeah everyone adds on to the next one and it's exponentially more you catch one thing and you catch a third a second and a third thing each issue becomes that much more of a problem it becomes more glaringly obvious there's something wrong with the manuscript or with uh how you understand guidelines and protocols so that's it it, it pays to it pays to go into something thinking you're you're one or two mistakes away from getting blackballed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you want to argue or be snarky on a rejection, oh, that'll get you black blackballed in a heartbeat. Oh, we've yeah, there've been a couple of those. Yeah, and you know I I should have wrote that one dude's name down before I deleted his email. But okay, so we got when uh, well, it's actually going to be renamed Battlefield, Missouri, I think, by Colonel Arnold mm -hmm. Montgomery. Oh, yeah. That's that a good one. one. That That's a good one. Paranormal City 2. Um, Wave Song, which is going to be one of the next JTF novels. That's, uh, yeah. Quid That's Pro a good one. Quo, which is Dave Hensley's JTF novel. Um, oh, he's I, good. 
if I can get it done after this bent novel, I'm knocking out Blacktooth Grin, and that'll be in the queue for publishing too. And that's going to be the first modern JTF 13 mm-hmm. novel. Uh, Madcap 2, like we said earlier. Uh, uh, Jenny Posthumus's narrator, Terry Job, she's turned in two novels to us now. Oh, the narrator? That's exciting. Yeah. She's okay, cool. As an author. Fantasy novels. Do what, JR? As a narrator or as an author? As an author. And she's going. She's planning on narrating them herself, which is cool by me. That uh, is awesome. The Guns of Underhill, book two by Michael J. Allen. We have uh, Bill Lehman's. Um, I forgot what the series name was. He's got three novels that were repubbing for him. Um, it's a shifter series out of the Seattle area. Uh, so it's like a forest ranger shifter trying to keep things under wraps. And I guess I, I haven't read through all of it. But what I have read, it was interesting. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, then we have the um, Kildash series uh, by Lee Ellis. It's a repub. He's up here in Knoxville. Um, actually, a friend of a friend sent him our direction and got to listening to his book one uh, while I was driving the kids, dropping them off on the school run. And the kids were loving it. So, you know, it's it's this weird hybrid it's fantasy, sci-fi, loved it. So we're republishing that his first three books, and he's he's got book four in edits now, so that'll be on the the horizon. Um, I got a couple more by Dan Holyfield, the Marinebrium, um, uh, short story collection from his Marinebrium universe. Uh, then a uh, Tom Darby, a new Tom Tom Darby adventure, Disposable Man, and Tom Darby is kind of a 1960s James Bondish type story. Uh, so that'll be fun. We've got, uh, let's see. Oh, the unfortunate problem with grandmother's head and other stories. That's that's one <laughs> Karen Haber. Um, that sounds like fun just by the title. Yeah. Do to do Molly McDonough, who we met at Imaginarium last year. She turned in a fantasy novel that we ended up picking up. Uh, a world apart. So that'll be in the queue and hopefully done by early next year. Um, I'm hoping to get a lot of this stuff done and out one by this, the end of the year with the help of the interns so that we can get it in for Imagine Awards for next year. Um, but two, to also clear the palette and get some more stuff done. Ben's been going through the slush pile, which is now currently. Oh, come on, switch over. 207 deep oh yes so anybody that's waiting on a reply back it's because it's 207 deep and we've got limited time we're a small publishing house we got day jobs we got lives and families so you know if you're sending me a message every couple of weeks hey where's my book are you done with it yet i'm probably going to tell you piss off i'm done with you don't want to deal with you just because i don't want to deal with you Um, We we had one submission that it was a beautiful looking science fiction space opera series. Dude had already gotten like two books done. The audio was done. He just wanted to bring it to a publishing house. And this was early on. But he had this prima donna vibe. And it's just like cost of bullshit ratio. No, let's not do this. I don't really know. We we can pass on that. go, Go someplace else. It's okay. Don't need debt. Um, yep. I want to publish fun stuff. I want to publish good stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and at the same time, it's it's not necessarily about making money. I mean, the the rates that we pay the authors is, you know, author centric, but we're all authors. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we got to make some money so we can keep the doors open and keep things rolling. Um, yep. But it's it's been more of building a community than building a company. Right. Um, oh, agreed. agreed. I agree. I mean, one to me, one of the one of the greatest aspects of the company is going to sound weird is our discord server. Like, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just so much fun getting, to, getting to talk with, with readers, with narrators, with podcasters, with yeah, writers, whether it's just with editors, you know, whether it's just talking about the day to day, how's everyone doing? What are you cooking to getting deep into the nitty gritty of writing itself? It's, it's a fun, it's a fun community. There, there've been some, there've been some characters there who have, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever gotten the boot by us. We've had a couple of people no. cancel themselves out of the discord server. For yeah. Clashes we, and we, uh, clashes had, of egos. And we've had some bots come in that we had to boot, but that that's been, the okay. No, we haven't had to boot anyone. I mean, it's, it's pretty well self-regulated. And yep. Um, if you join the, the three Ravens discord server, you're going to be muting the server pretty quick. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Started about Oh three or Oh 400, depending on, whether me, Dave Hensley, or Alyssa get up first yep. and start the sprints off. Um, and then, well, we got Mr. Bonsai. He pops in at about 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, which is, that's that's Michael LaVoice. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else pops in there early. Ivar, I, I used which, to. Which we, met, you know, we met him at Superstars. He pops in there about 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning sometimes. We, we got a good crew, and, and right, they just jump in, start writing sprints at any time of the day, and chatter's going on all day long at different points. Sometimes it dies off, but then it comes right back, you know? Yep. Um, and we're, we're all good about lifting each other up. Yeah. Right. Which is what I love. Like, you know, so, someone will post some some kind of success story, uh, and and everyone's cheering them on. It has, you know, there's if there's any if there's any envy or jealousy, it is kept below the surface. But it seems like everyone is genuinely happy when one of us succeeds. Yeah, and you know, it's not just about us. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's an opportunity with an open call or something like that with one of these other publishing houses, absolutely, I grab a hold of that and I shove it in there. Oh yeah, like here, boom. Yep. Well, that way people have a chance to get out there and do something and, and have the opportunity to get published. Because we got yep. a lot of baby authors that have never been published. It's in the server and they're trying and they're mm -hmm. working. Right. You know, and then we got others that we have worked with for a while. Um, uh, Peter Stanley. I mean, he was a seven year project between three of us to help him get to where he was. And um, the, the old staff sergeant came out a little bit and I might've made the old man cry and, but he turned it around and he wrote a damn good book that mm -hmm. somebody commented. It reminded them of XCOM. It's Heinlein-esque. It's like, mm -hmm. and that that's in a review. That was like, holy hell. Yes, we did good. You we know? did. Um, and he did but, good. You know, he, he, a lot of, a lot of people have a hard time learning from their mistakes. He, he eventually took it all to heart and he's done. I mean, it, it's a night and day difference between what we had, what we had read previously. Yeah. And you know, I, with everything being as busy as they have been and all that, it's just like, dude, okay, listen, I can't sit here and hold your hand. Here's five chapters of blood that I had to claw my eyes out and get through. You need to look at all these marks 
see everything that I'm marking, assimilate this knowledge and apply it to the rest of your book because I can't take looking at this anymore. It right. hurts too much to look yep. at and I've got other things to do. And it literally took me two weeks to go through five chapters. Yep. I've seen a couple of those it, too. It, 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 took, it took me about the same if I remember right. Yeah. So, you know, but he turned it around and when he turned back in the polished novel, it was like, holy hell. Okay, cool. And I'm, I'm trucking right through and I'm, you know, he had mm -hmm. a great base idea. Great based idea. Um, oh, okay. I can do that. You can say that. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll add that to the Discord server, JR. Um, um, no, he had a great idea for the story, the premise of it. It was perfect. It was a good mm -hmm. invasion story, alien invasion, you know, and it's something different. It's not American, it's in New Zealand, and they're trying to defend against this alien invasion. And, um, but his execution of the story is what sucked. So it's like, okay, dude, make it not suck. And he did. <laughs> and I mean, he, he went through, he cleaned it up. He applied a lot of, now there were spots on that next run that I went through. It was like, okay, dude, what the hell just happened here? This is like that other crap you sent me before. I want to claw my eyes out again. Do I need to go get the, the, the claw hammer and start pulling parts off? What the hell? And I'm, I'm mean when I get into my edits sometimes, but mm -hmm. it, it worked. I, you know, he took it to heart and he fixed it and he cleaned it up and it became a nice clean read through. Yep. Uh, you know, after after the Word Witch did her thing and um, I don't remember who else did the final run through on it besides me and her. Um, it was an enjoyable read. And then I had uh, JF Posthumus do the cover art and he was originally wanting an XCOM style cover. And it was like, I, I don't know, it, uh, video game covers just they don't vibe the same when it comes to novels. And, and I got to look and I tossed ideas around. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do this. And I went on Facebook, snagged a couple of pictures of him that were straight on pictures, give it to, to posthumous. It's like, here, I need to take these, run it through mid journey, process it with a flight helmet style. And, you know, somewhere in here, we need to have this alien saber tooth cat thing. And, and ended up putting the, uh, um, um, the reflection of one of these saber tooths in the visor. Uh, mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. uh, first strike. Let's see how quick it pulls up on a Google search. Hey, look at that. It pulled right up. That is so freaking cool. Um, copy image address. Here you go, JR. Um, oh, wow. That, what the hell is that? Copy image address. I did it again. Does that work? No. <laughs> no. In chat, I'm just seeing a whole bunch of gobbledygook. Yeah, I try to copy that. It doesn't register as an address, but we will link to all of your books because we're linking to the publishing house. Well, um, there you go. There you go. You can show the cover off there. Um, so I, I had her do that and take take that and run through Mid Journey and used him as the basis for the cover. Mm -hmm. And it turned out beautiful. It's a younger version of him, but it's like, it's him. You can see it in the face of the, the, the character on the cover. So he became Harvey, the main character. And um, so, you know, I made him cry with the, the marks and the blood, but I made him cry again when he got to see his cover. You just like doing that to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you see, yeah, right there at the top, in the in that top corner, 
uh, you can see uh, one of the sabers up there in the reflection. I forget, I forget what those aliens are called. I keep wanting to call them the Kilrathi from Wayne. Oh, Man I know, or... I do too. Um, I don't remember right off the top of my head, but yeah, I keep going back back to Kilrathi too. And that, that's part of his influence. He played a lot of mm -hmm. video games back in the day. He played X XCOM. And, and oh, yeah, me too. That, I mean that that was my first thought when I when I read even the the earliest draft of it is that this feels like XCOM and I love it. So it sounds like working with you as a publisher, both uh, Benjamin and, and William, would be a lot like the uh, my first experience with an editor. I wrote on my blog back in the day in 2016. The uh, the post about it was Tears of Blood or how I learned to bend over and take it like a man was my experience <laughs> with my first editor. That's uh, that's that was pretty much uh, my experience Bohica. with the writer too. Jr. Bohica. Yep. <laughs> Bend over here comes again. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a military thing. Yeah, it's um, another one of those military accurate acronyms like that. <laughs> uh, and if you watched uh, Saving Private Ryan, it's German. Uh, <laughs> to the translator. So you've got a lot coming up. So what is the kind of stories that you're looking for? Uh, if somebody who's most of our audience are, are actual like listeners and readers, but for those of them that are listening that want to get into writing, what, what kind of stuff are you guys looking for? I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the main thing, well, we're looking for speculative fiction first right. and foremost, whether that's, we, we lean, it seems like we lean more heavily towards fantasy, but as you can see with Dragoon, as you can see with JTF, there's, there is some sci-fi elements thrown in there as well. Like we'll take military sci-fi, we'll take far future sci-fi, like, uh, like, um, Jenny's, uh, corruption series. That's like sci-fi, uh, murder mystery, police procedurals. Um, but at the core of it all, and I, I think, William, you already said this, at the core of it all, we want it to be an entertaining ride. We want to be, we want to be pulled in by cool characters that are, that are engaging, that are, you know, fully realized characters, you know, that seem more like, they, and they don't have to be human, but they seem like real people that are, uh, that are just there trying to do their best to save the day, whether that's saving the world, saving the galaxy, or just saving their neighborhood. Or you know, saving their own ass. Yeah, or exactly, just trying to save their own ass. You know, we, we want to be pulled along on an adventure. And we don't, you know, we don't mind if the book is, you know, has, has whatever moral themes or lessons that the writer wants to put into it. We just don't want it to be delivered to us via a pulpit or a soapbox. Yes. Yeah, message okay. fiction will get kicked out pretty damn quick because it know, doesn't age well either. No, no it, doesn't, it doesn't age well. But you know, if I'm going to sit down and read something, I want to disappear. I want to detach from everything else that's bugging the hell out of me and bothering me. And okay, go away, kids. I need my my time and yep, and just disappear into the story and go on an adventure with my friends because that's what I'm doing. I mean, that yep. that's that's just like when I'm writing. When I'm writing, I'm disappearing on an adventure with my friends. And right. I'm right there with them. So, you know, if, if I get sucked in and I'm having trouble editing, uh, <laughs> Falciani, I hate you, um, then that's a good sign. Because, well, sometimes it takes like double the amount of work for editing because I have to go back and actually edit because I got sucked in and I, I forgot to edit while I was reading. Um, that, that's definitely a good sign with the book. Yeah, yeah. Especially um, when you see it in a slush pile. 
and you know we want something that's already publishable with a little tweaking because at the end of the day our time is valuable i have stuff that i'm writing they have stuff that they're writing or is it like down here over there um so you know we're not going to handhold any more than we have to there's the few exceptions that we have in the past that's going to be far and few between um unless they want to take them 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 to want to take on special project that we that, no down there and over there there we go unless there we go special project, um my days of hand holding are very very limited yep. unless it's a very brand new author that's trying to figure out their way like some of these interns um i've given them the option you want to learn how to do this i will help you to figure it out because it took me so freaking long to find out how to go about the business and the the craft of writing that i have no problem with helping somebody learn and, yep. and they just got to be willing to take the step and learn you know get past that ego step pretty quick because that that's one big hindrance that everybody has like no no my stuff's good no no it's not trust me yeah you need blood it's okay we can kill yep. your darlings and that can go away and that can go away it's like don't do that sorry sorry darling this is how it's gonna be um but once you get past that ego step it it's and and understand that it's helping you and helping mm -hmm. the prose flow better mm -hmm. and helping the dialogue and the interactions and the descriptions i mean i absolutely despise two-page descriptions yep or, me too know, weber can get away with it for his physics lessons i skip past that kind of stuff uh, i do too okay got away with you know page and a half descriptions of a freaking chair nope sorry moving along um yep. but you know today's readership is also adhd and you've got to catch their attention and you've got to hold their attention versus playstation xbox all this other social media you know youtube and all these other platforms you're fighting for their entertainment value yep so you have to hook them quick you have to keep them hooked and keep them rolling if you don't then you've just lost that reader so we have a bigger challenge than anyone back in the day ever did uh -huh. uh, so um yeah tell a good story and don't be a dick um, yeah exactly that reminds me so you know a little little fun little fact we've got eight rules now for three ravens that i need to probably put up on the website someplace um so one you guys know what the rules are i know you've been out of the loop a little bit oh, I, I, i've been out of the loop i, don't, I, don't, I only know four hey bug what? all right what's rule number one uh, I don't cost me bail money rule two no hospital <laughs> trips rule three um don't no sleep with the, with the fangirls. you know no fraternizing fraternizing <laughs> with fangirls falciani um number four don't let jenny near the electronics she's got this faraday cage thing going on she will fry electronics literally number five don't be a dick should be rule number one but uh yeah don't cost me bell money takes precedence uh rule number six don't get us kicked out rule number seven um think before you eat Rule number, wait, what was rule number eight? Crap. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. What's the story behind that rule? Yeah, think what's the story? You eat. Think before you eat. What's that about? Oh, okay, so Jenny has this, Jenny Rand has this allergy to coconut. And they had, oh. um, they had a moose or something like that up in the Con Suite of Liberty Con. And, you know, she was 
she took a little bit, rubbed it on her hand to see if it got a reaction, and then she licked her finger. It's like, really? And then she went into to, to allergic reactions. Like, come on. Um, I forgot what number eight was now. Yeah, we had an eight, I thought. No. no. Number eight. Number eight is don't forget the other seven. Hey, there we go. Refer back to the other seven rules. <laughs> but yep. I need to actually put them on the website someplace just because. But it, it, you know, that that's the kind of fun stuff. And and Jenny Wren actually kind of coined the term at one of the. Oh no, it was when we were coming back from Fantasy in uh, twenty. Um, you know, we bring along the three Ravens experience, and that's just mm-hmm. part of it. It's it's fun. Well, it's, you know, just like you go to the about page and I threw up the, uh, the Raven central support crew. So I got all the critters up there, all, all the, the dogs and the cats and the chickens and stuff like that. Just cause why not? Oh yeah, exactly. They're part of it. You've okay. lost me at fraternizing. Oh, poor JR. I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> Are you feeling unloved? I am. I, I was going to try to fraternize with you, but you're like, no, you can't do that. So. Oh, I might make a special special case for you, baby. <laughs> All right. So that's what you can look for if someone's interested in publishing you. Our you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear he's got rabies, so we got to be got a little bit. You know, yeah. If you're going to submit something to us, you know, make it as clean as you can make it. Exactly. Make it to where we want to just read it and we don't want to edit it. We just we were just enjoying the ride. And that's yep. there's a good chance that we're going to want to pick it up if that's the case. Yep. Well, so so like when I when I'm going through the slush pile, like earlier I talked about how I don't have a whole lot of time to to read. I, I listen. So when I when I'm going through the slush pile, I have a, an AI program called Natural Reader that I signed up for the whatever the ultimate package annual subscription is that gives you all of the really premium voices that you know you can still tell it's AI. You know you listen to it long enough, but it's it's good enough that you're focused on what they're saying, not how they're saying it. Uh, the different AI voices. So I'll, I'll run the submissions through that and I'll listen while I work. And if, you know, a chapter or two goes by and I've forgotten that I'm listening to, you know, a submission and I feel like I'm listening to an audible publication, you've got me hooked. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of listening to things versus reading it with your eyeballs is when, because I, I do this with my own specifically my short stories before I submit them to places, I'll run them through to catch little grammatical issues and other things that I like awkward phrasing. Uh, those kinds of things stand out starkly in, in when, uh, when an AI or when, when a human is reading it. So yeah. look out for those before you submit, because anytime that happens to either me or to a reader, you know, it is say it's in the end product, it's going to pull them out of the story. And have and have them backtracking to want to go. Wait a minute, what did I just read? Uh, you don't want that as a writer. You want to draw like like Hillbilly said. You want to be you want to draw your reader in into a world of your own making, and you want them to not want to leave it. Okay, so Great. that's what that's what the you know for people that want to submit for those who are listening to our show because a lot of our audience are just listeners of of audiobooks, readers of of content. For those that are uh, on the consuming side, what can they expect when they see the Three Ravens logo on the spine of a novel? Hmm. Well, you're definitely going to get an entertaining read. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get varying degrees of silliness, depending on which one of us is doing the writing <laughs> and or the editing on it. 
Fair. And, uh, and but ultimately you're you're going to be you're going to be pulled along for for a, just a fun romp through a fantasy world through a sci-fi world with cool and engaging characters that you're going to want to have. Uh, it, you know you may not want to spend your whole life with them, but you're certainly going to want to you're going to want to share a beer with them, and you're going to want to share a foxhole with them when the crap hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. you know something else is is quality. Mm-hmm. Um, from the very first book, Flux Runners, I started setting a standard operating procedure into place. Um, my old editor here, um, Ann Melton Ford, me and her had sat down and went through a bunch of different books and she showed me all this stuff. And she used to edit for like the Chattanooga Times and stuff like that. And she pointed out a lot of things that I took to heart, like, you know, making sure and doing a drop cap, starting every chapter or every new short story on the right-hand side. You know, even if that means you have one blank page, you're holding to a standard. You know, putting the the, the title and the uh, the author name up in the top, and those are the things that you're always going to see because that's just the way we do it. And um, I actually got comments from some of the Bane people about the quality of, um, was the uh, Legends, JTF 13 Legends Anthology. It's like I, this, was, I was just going to mention that. This was something that we would have put out. The cover art, from the cover art to the, um, you know, the internal and the formatting and everything else. And it's just like, well, damn. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, you know, that that's something. That means something. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're catching attention like that. Um, to the point that I got invited up to uh, uh, the Eviston, it was Eviston uh, Writers Workshop in the Trenchers. It, in the trenches yeah eviston in the trenches writers workshop i think i had to look up the name um but i I got invited up there in um, november to come and speak as a writer and a publisher um to just come and talk to the baby authors so you know doing we're doing something right yes um we're catching attention in the right ways um now if we can just get more people to buy books and leave reviews, that'd be even better. <laughs> oh, amen to that. You know, it, it, that, that is something to, to hammer a little bit is on the review end of it. Every yeah. review that, that, you know, even if it only takes, you know, just, just a minute or two of your time, every review is, is such a huge boost, not only, not only to the writer himself, you know, if, if, if he's actually going to be looking at it, but just for the algorithm. You know, for the Amazon algorithm, for the Goodreads algorithm, every review, positive, negative, you know, we prefer positive, obviously, but just be honest in your review. Uh, every bit of it helps because it shows those uh, those algorithms that there's interest in these books. There's engagement happening with these books. There's eyeballs on it, and it'll help put more eyeballs on it. Right. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things that, you know, since you mentioned reviews, we'll, we'll wrap it up there is to remember it, dear listener, please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. So, uh, so it really matters if you, uh, if you can't review it on Amazon, Barnes Noble, BookBub, or any of the other places where you find the books, you can start your own website. We'd really love you forever and ever and ever if you did that <laughs> and review and share your thoughts. And fun part is if you start a book review website, you'll get people throwing free content at you just so you'll review their stuff. That doesn't mean you have to learn to be a little bit of a jerk because sometimes you have to say no. Uh, either it's not a fit because that's not what you read or it's not a fit because holy 
Jesus, please use an editor. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it contributes to the book community, the, the book tube or whatever platform you're on these days, like all of that does play a role. And, uh, and for all, you know, authors love good reviews. Sometimes a bad review will sell it. When I'm looking to buy a book and I'm on the fence, I look at the one stars because sometimes they will sell me. Like I saw one review, holy hell, this guy cusses too much. And I'm like, dude, sweet. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, my favorite <laughs> well, they're telling the truth half the time. It's like, yeah, you just sold the book for me. Go ahead. That's okay. One star. Yeah, and my favorite was a review of my first book out there was like, this is like a 12-year-old with ADHD wrote gun porn, and I'm like, can I use this on my ad copy? Yep. Oh, I had one of those uh, like that on Flux Runners. It's like a one or two stars, like uh, a, like a bunch of college kid mechanics are running a ship and nobody's um, nobody's running the show. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know? Yep. At least and they so- read it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, that, that shows they at least read it. Oh, and uh, writing sprints just started for anybody that wants to uh, jump on. Well, and 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 for readers, you know, please join us on the Discord server because, uh, you know, you want to talk to the three of us. You want to talk to some of our writers. If you want to talk to other writers that we don't publish, they're just on there because they're part of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, we would welcome you. We'd love to have you there because we we love that. We love that input that goes from the reader to the writer, to the editor, to the publisher. It, it's it, there's just a lot of fun interplay there. Yeah, and you know, you could. The cool thing about the Discord is the way you set it up is you have special tags for people that are authors that unlock like the author centric stuff that would bore you if you're not. But for the readers, you can look at their sub channels for every one of the franchises or no IPs, I guess technically that they're writing in. So if you're a super fan of Car Wars or the JTF or whatever, you can go and nerd out on that topic. So like yeah. right now, like you said, we're recording that at the beginning of, of August, and this will air at the end of August, but. Like right now, everyone's sharing their first car in the car wars and talking about how they'd convert it to fit, you know, with what guns they'd put on there. Like it's kind of that kind of nerdy fun that let's face it, all of us do on like on our own time anyway, which is why we're making the shift that we are to the podcast is basically those nerdy conversations we all have when no one's looking. We're just going to start recording them. Yeah. So uh, hopefully people will look now, but like, that's the kind of thing you can expect from their discord, uh, which is a lot of fun. And, and for people that notice uh, that I'm known for, for all of my memes, this is one of the places I go to steal memes. I mean, borrow, redistribute the memes from, um, it comes oh, from you've that. Been adding to the memes too. So that's all good. I do. And sometimes you, you, uh, you, you reach out and you slap me on the hand and say, no, JR, bad. We don't share that kind of meme. Uh, Cause some of my army buddies have, um, let's just say, Less PG-13 on the memory. Um. <laughs> uh, depending on if you're writing in one of these shared universes that we're publishing, there's other channels in there for those specific. So that if you're writing in Car Wars, you're writing in Bent, you're writing in Starflight, well, there's author's chat for that universe so that it's outside of the normal channels and we can actually talk shop and share information and, hey, what about this in the world and what about that? And, you know, it makes it easier for us to coordinate what's going on in universe. Yeah. So, and that, that's a, a convenient thing. So uh, with that being said, before we wrap up, I will have linked to all of the places that three Raven is that if there's a social media platform on there, they've probably got a presence. I didn't see Mastodon, but yep. I think other than that, well, three Ravens isn't, but I have one on there as William Joseph Roberts. Oh, okay. Well, wow, there you go. But uh, all the places that uh, that a digital man whore can go to uh, yeah. to pimp his stuff. Jay. And next door and alignable and uh, yeah. 
I don't even so, know what some of these are. I, I haven't even heard half of them. I'm on like. I think he's just making them up. To be honest, Ben, I think he might I be. Think he's just punking us. He's like, uh, I'll just throw some words together, like a word salad, and we'll hey, pretend it's actually. So I'm on marshmallow. I'm on, you know, I'm on the creek. I even jumped in the ocean on on uh, Truth Social too. Uh, are you on Threads? Did you go everywhere? No, I did not do Threads for a specific reason. Oh, why is that? They banned him. No, no, they didn't ban me. But um, <laughs> if something goes sideways on there and it's going to be extremely censored, then they take away your Instagram and I heard your Facebook too because they're all linked. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and didn't they get in trouble for mining data straight out of Twitter? Yep. So. I mean, wow. anywhere you go, you're going to get, you're losing information, you're losing data. It, it, I mean, that that's guaranteed. That's why, I, you know, Ben, he's got a flip phone. I got this thing. But I can do a lot of what I'm doing on this, on the go, on the fly. I mean, even you, you saw earlier, I, I did that little walk around the house with this on the stream just to show you guys the peppers that I picked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's, there's definite advantages to it. It's a convenience thing, but at the same time, uh, the government's got all my information. They've got my genetic code. Here at this point, yeah. so they took DNA samples when I enlisted. Yep, I was so, just a joke about that. It's like you know, no, veterans can never commit crimes because, in theory, they're not allowed to use it for anything but body identification. But you know that if they think you did something, the warrant is like oh, it's, away. It, it's in the database, guarantee it. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, although that's why I won't do any of the, like the 23 and me and stuff. Cause I'm like, you're giving them everything they need to frame you for murder people. Or maybe I watch too many crime dramas. Or your children will be caught at doing something or grandchildren. Mm -hmm. That's happened a few times too, but, right. um, I'm just saying like, just so we're putting this out there. If my stepdad ever disappears after seeing what my mom watches on like crime TV, I'm just saying, I'm not looking at her, but I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot of uh, premeditation going on in those TV shows. But uh, all right. So with that being said, uh, we'll go from clockwise from RJ Layden or Rachel. Can you tell listeners how they can find you on the wild, wild interwebs? And I will link that all in the comment section. Okay. I'm at uh, rjlayden.com. I am on Facebook under RJ Layden. I am uh, in um, Amazon under RJ Layden. Uh, basically, if you need to find me, RJ Layden is your key. All right. And uh, that will all be linked in the comment section. Then we got William Joseph Roberts, otherwise known as Hillbilly, the man whore. <laughs> the one, the only? The one, the only. <laughs> you can find me at WilliamJosephRoberts.com, which I seriously need to update again. because it's been I think all three of us do. I, I did an update the other day. I did that. But I do need to go through and clean up the site a little bit and update it. I need to do a, a good cleanup on Three Ravens, too. Uh, but you can find me at threeravenspublishing.com. Uh, do a Google search, seriously. I am. I have been pumping stuff out for the last four years that you do a search for William Joseph Roberts or Three Ravens Publishing, you will find us. We are at top of the search bar when you do that. Right. Okay. And last but not least, we've got Mr. Benjamin Tyler Smith. Hey, yeah, uh, you can find me on my website at BenjaminTylerSmith.com. Facebook and Twitter, I both use the same handle, which is Ben Tyler Smith. Um, I think at the time, Twitter wasn't allowing anything above a certain character limit, so I got limited there. Um, and then uh, the, the best place to find me, though, like to actually get me live pretty much day to day, is going to be the Three Ravens Discord server. Mm -hmm. All right. 
the Discord will be linked in the uh, in the comment section below. So if you're not on Discord, you should join. All the cool people are there. Oh, amen to that. And, and so, again, it's very very active. And if you you've got questions, I mean, whether you're researching something, you just want to bounce ideas with somebody, you know. Uh, there, there's a section where you can request, hey, does anybody have time to read something for me? You can, but it's a good community. You know, try to give back as much as you're taking, but still, it, it's a great community to come in, ask questions, bounce ideas with, and just just good, good bunch of people to hang with. All right. Amen to that. And you can find us, dear listener, on our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, link tree backslash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link all of the things to include our Rumble and BitChute channel, which YouTube would get really, really mad at us if we uh, if we linked on their site. We have a Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Again, Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. We have an email at blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. Again, blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. We promise we answer those. We have a Facebook group where all the shenanigans happen over at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. We have a Facebook page, which we are working on, uh, but you can still search for it. Uh, and finally, we have a website over at anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades. Again, anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on. Or you can support the show more directly over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Seska and Nick Garber, duly caffeinated. They will drink until they can see, uh, sound, and hear color. That I'm is the goal. Me, me, caffeine, me, I need coffee. Coffee is always good. Coffee is proof. Do you, oh, hold on, hold on. Before I before I read the exit spiel, when you were in the Air Force, did you ever get to taste the green bean coffee? The 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 coffee shop Afies had. Oh God, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was some. I don't know if it's because we almost died that day. You know, when we were in Iraq, because that was mostly every day. Or if the coffee was really that good. But I have very fond memories of them. Dude, we were taking the coffee packets from the MREs and and dipping them. So oh I mean, yeah, the Folgers dip that kept you awake. Yeah, oh God, yeah, it was a quick, boom, here we go. Hey, we got some shit to get done. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we it were sends like, the caffeine the right thing, into your bloodstream, which is why people put the dip in their uh, in their gums. It's because it, it absorbs straight into the blood. Yep. But we, we we were living on caffeine and nicotine, man. We were working 12 to 16-hour days. Hate and, and discontent kept us going. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. dear God, it's a surprise we were alive. Yeah, that's one of the things I've, I said this in my newsletter before, because for my newsletter, I try to stand out a little bit by including, you know, what's going on with me and pimping whatever book of the day I'm, I'm reading and writing. I'll also tell like an army story at the end, my time in the big green weenie. Um, and one of them was people have always asked me what the scariest, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, what the scariest moment in Iraq was. And they really expect like this bombing or this gunfight or whatever. It was driving down one of the main uh, main supply roads, MSRs in the driver's side, we've been doing like 20 hour days. You do like 10 on four off, 10 off. So for every 24 hours, you got four hours of sleep. And so yep. I was asleep in the driver's seat driving down the highway. And when I woke up, I realized my driver and my gunner were asleep too, but somehow we were driving down the highway <laughs> leading the convoy, which means it was our job to look for the bombs. Cause whoever's <laughs> taking the point is looking for the bombs. And I tell people that, and I think I'm joking, but that was the scariest moment in Iraq. 
Yeah, uh, that, that's an ass pucker moment right there. They're you know, like, oh crap, how did this happen? But it's just at that point in time, I realized they were pushing too hard. And you know, uh, if you're friends with mechanics, you can realize that you can make things happen. So as much as your first sergeant might want to volunteer you for extra miles and extra missions. Uh, if you know what you're doing, you could redline a vehicle, which means make it considered inoperable in air quotes, take a certain part off, hide it. I don't know why it won't start. And then you could take some downtime at whatever base you happen to be on. Yeah. Um, so we had to do that a few times to get our sleep in. It's but that, uh, that was the... disconnect a couple of things and it had to take a few hours to fix at least. And that's the thing. I don't know how the Air Force does it, but the Army, almost everything on the maintenance side has to go to third shop, which means outside the company level mechanics. I don't know why we have company level mechanics. We don't let them hardly do anything. <laughs> and so we uh, we would we would just make things happen and miraculously it got fixed when we were ready to go and we'd all slept. Yeah. Funny how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> your limitations, people. I'm okay, right? It's been long enough since I got back from Iraq. But uh, anyway, with that being said, thank you for spending your precious time with us. For the absentee Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time. We'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen from the Three Ravens Publishing for uh, for stopping by the show. All right, so with that, we are out. You're still on. Or maybe, no, no. Yep. Right